When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. It is Hook them up. We roll forward. Foggy outside this morning here in Don Miller with the visibility issues. So uh, look out uh, from the Onion Creek Studios over Onion Creek Golf Course. It's pretty foggy. Uh, and Rod, you drove over here this morning, oh, yeah. and then uh, so be careful. Fun. You know, leave yourself uh, a little extra space, and it should be fine. Yep. Should be fine. Out. The sun Take is the coming up. That's right. It, it, it's uh, like I said, I saw a lot of people driving in um, had their brights on too. Don't do that. That's why I said, yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, people must not know that that it, the brights don't necessarily help you when it's that. It makes far. it worse. Yes. The yes. reflective. Yes. I think now you're okay. There's enough light outside, you'll be fine. But when I was coming in, in the dark, I saw people doing that. I was like, oh man. Thought that was uh, more common knowledge. That's all right. Be safe out there, though. Be safe. Be the safe. Yes. Be safe. Uh, all right. So uh, we're talking Longhorn hoops today. Uh, we'll get you the details coming up in the headlines. Big, big day for Texas Trey basketball. J. Yeah, Trey J rolling in. Uh, we'll talk to Jerry Hamilton at the bottom of the hour. Always good to talk to G. Uh, all things recruiting in Texas football and basketball. Rod's got a rant coming up. What are we ranting on today to, uh, as we get ready for a big NFL and college I've football weekend? Sound, uh, we sound. We talked about something yesterday. We briefly got into it about the Texans and their selection of C.J. Stroud. Uh, the general, John McClain, who we all uh, big fans of. You know, you uh, know John McClain really well, too. He's, he's supposed to be retired, but he's still kind of working. <laughs> uh, but so he, he had actually broke a little news, I thought, uh, about the, the draft selection of C.J. Stroud. So I want to get into that. And then we'll talk about quarterback. They'll lead us to talking about Dak Prescott a little bit, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, the NFL weekend starts tonight. We've got uh, Longhorns on the brain as well as the Horns get ready for their uh, game at Iowa State, one of two regular season games remaining for the Longhorns. Uh, if they can uh, navigate these next two, they'll be in the Big 12 championship game uh, pretty clear. Uh, we also had the Big 12 uh, further clarifying their tiebreaker rules. We'll get to that coming up. Yes. We'll get to some bullish and BS coming up. And it's really not that hard to understand. It, did, it, it didn't because Oklahoma fans really they got hosed on this deal, which is really not true. Yeah, I mean, you lost two games in conference play. Yeah. So, <laughs> you really, I mean, you're your own worst enemy at this point. And, and that's why Texas needs to take care of business versus Iowa State. You don't want to have your the fate of your team no. decided by the whims and circumstances of the college football season. You do not. And, uh, you know, a loss all of a sudden, you tumble into that two-loss conversation, too. And it, as you said, that's not where you want to be. No. Uh, because it's uh, there are four teams sitting there with two losses. Um, you wanna, you're the one with one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to remain that way, obviously, yep. as you move forward and not have to, uh, to deal with that. Uh, the Longhorns control that destiny at this point. But uh, Iowa State presents a pretty good challenge on Saturday night. Let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to start your foggy Thursday morning. And it starts with college basketball. Top Gun Rentals brings you the top stories. Top Gun Rentals and a lot of equipment. Uh, tremendous day and night for the Texas basketball program yesterday on the floor last night. Rodney Terry's Longhorns, 19th ranked in the country, shot a season-best 60% from the field. Got double-digit scoring efforts from Tyrese Hunter, Caden Shedrick, and Max Acemas on their way to an 80-64 win over Rice. 
turnovers, really the only issue for the Longhorns. I think they had 16 of them. Other than that, they were pretty darn good. Tyrese Hunter led the way with 18. Caden Chedrick had 15. Max Ace was 13. Horns now 3-0. Earlier in the day, the Longhorns earned a massive recruiting win. Trey Johnson, the number four overall prospect in the 2024 industry rankings. Uh, 6'5 scoring machine at uh, off guard. Narrowed, he uh, chose the Longhorns, by the way. He had narrowed his tools of choice down to Texas and Baylor. Uh, and on the final day of the early signing window, he joined the Pat McAfee show on ESPN yesterday to make the announcement official. Trey, if you would like to let the world know where you will be taking your incredible talents next year, we would be honored to be in your presence while doing so. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be going to the University of Texas. Now there it is. Shows Texas over Baylor. The uh, Johnson, the highest-rated guard to commit to Texas since Avery Bradley back in 09. Maybe the best offensive player to commit to Texas since, since Kevin Durant. He helped uh, lead Dallas Lake Highlands to a 6A state championship last year, playing his senior year at the Link Academy in Murray. He and his family have had a long-standing relationship with Texas head coach Rodney Terry that dates back to when Terry was an assistant coach at Baylor. Trey's father, Richard, played basketball for the Bears while Rodney Terry was there. Texas football, seventh right horse. He knew their prep for this week's trip to Iowa State. Uh, accolades yesterday for Texas defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat, the 6'4", 340-pound senior, named a semifinalist. 2023 Outland Trophy by the Football Writers Association of America. That award is an, uh, awarded annually to the top interior lineman, offense or defense. One of seven finalists now for that award. The winner will be announced during the uh, College Football Awards on ESPN in early December. Major League Baseball Awards Week continued on Monday. Baltimore's Gunnar Henderson, Arizona's Corbin Carroll named the Rookies of the Year in the American League and National League. Tuesday it was Managers of the Year. Skip Schumacher of the Marlins, Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. Yesterday, Cy Young. Yankees ace Garrett Cole wins in the American League. Padres left-hander Blake Snell in the National. Today will be the most valuable players in each league. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. Topgun.net will shoot you straight. By the yeah. way, Rod, can I mention Go that uh, Draymond Green suspended five games? Yeah. Five games for the headlock and the I, choking incident with uh, – Honestly, that's pretty light considering he's an habitual line stepper, <laughs> right? That habitual he's a line ser- stepper. I love it. Serial offender uh, here that – yeah, actually, that's pretty light. And it's just the, it's the start of the regular season, so uh, they probably yeah. don't care much about it. But, yeah, I mean, just Draymond Green uh, – he's, he's kind of the scorpion too. We talk about the scorpion and the frog all the time. It's in his nature. He's one of those guys. It's just in his nature. You can try to, you know, talk to him about the, the, you know, consequences of his actions and being a better, actually not being a better teammate. He actually is a great teammate other than punching <laughs> one of his former teammates, which how even Michael Jordan did that. He actually take usually he gets in trouble taking up for his teammates <laughs> and going after somebody in retaliation for something. Um, but yeah, man, this is how many times are we gonna come in here and talk about Draymond Green losing it, escalating a situation that probably could have been de-escalated and didn't have to turn into a physical altercation. But he's an habitual line stepper, and if he's got a chance to cross the line, oh, he's going to do it. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he anger, anger management not working for yeah. man Draymond. You know oh, I mean? How many times has he been? I he mean, also was fined $800,000, right? Nah, that's nothing. For Draymond, Draymond is that he, was, was that number right? This guy's he's, got his, he's got his podcast or whatever he's got now. He's making good money on that too now. And he'll go straight to TV when it's over. Oh, that's, T, TNT's waiting on him. They're like, hey, man, you know when you're done. Just come on over. He already has a contract group. signed. Oh, really? TNT. Oh, does he really? He's yeah, got the Tom he, Brady thing? He does, yeah. like, on some off nights, he'll be on the, the TNT, yep. you know, yeah. whatever, inside the NBA show. That makes sense. I mean, he, he goes to his own podcast right after games. 
Like he, he probably has an episode right about this choking incident, and it gets it gets tons of impressions and views and hits because if you're an NBA fan, he's giving you inside info. He, he's he's giving it to you raw and uncut. So yeah, well, I think that's uh, it's uh, you know right rightful five games, but yeah, he's got uh, anger issues without a doubt. This says Ty, uh, you're going to need a cardiologist soon. That's absolutely true. I'm actually in very, very <laughs> good health. So, he's so young. Very good yeah. health. Well, you're 25 yet. Yeah, when you're you beat young, that fast food, man. You're good. When you, you know, if you're 35, you can't do that. But when you're 25, man, you could do that. I got day. a physical a few months oh, ago. Day. They were yeah. They were hyping me up. How how healthy hyping I am. you up. My- <laughs> That's good. They put your picture on the wall. (laughs) Picture of perfect health. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think when I see you, Ty. I haven't seen you in a little bit because we're not in the studio these days. Uh, But I will say that uh, I I do want your help. Be uh, you the people, right? Uh Uh-oh. Here on uh, Ian Rodby. Hook them up. Because I I may eat fast food today, right? I almost never eat fast food. Uh Uh-oh. But it's National Fast Food Day. But I need someone. If I'm going for it, I need the right meal. I need what is the it go-to and it's, you know. Man, really? I, 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 so you don't want to waste the experience. If you're going to do it, you right. got to do it big. That's right. I'm doing one thing. I'll, I'll do lunch today for fact because i got to do some run some errands. i got to oh. record our new episode of our, of our Eyes on Texas podcast. So we'll be eating on the fly, so fast food yeah. is perfect. I never Zaxby's. do that. I never do that. Yeah. Zaxby's? Ooh. And what's the go-to there? Wings and things I, plate. It's, it's chicken. I don't, I don't know if this is up your alley, but it's chicken tenders and wings. It's like a... Ooh. Cane's chicken tender combo, but with wings and whatever sauce you want on the wings, too. I thought about raising Cane's because I hear good things about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. So you guys can help with it. Do you eat fast food or hopefully not on the regular like Ty over there three times a day. <laughs> but, you know, it's a national fast food day. I'm going to try it. I, don't, I'm, now, I do pretty good regulating my, my fast food intake. Now, technically, the fast food, it, it, I think the definition is it needs a drive through window. Yes. Like, it can't, there'll be something like fast food and you walked in there, like Chipotle. It's like, no, no, if it has a drive through window, yes, then technically it can be fast food. I believe that's the definition of fast food. Got to have a drive through window. Doesn't have a drive through window. I don't know if it's technically fast food. Maybe good food quickly. <laughs> but I don't somebody, know if it's fast. Somebody said Dan's hamburgers with a chocolate milkshake. Ooh. I think they do have a drive through at Dan's. Popeye's chicken sandwich oh, with red beans and rice. Well done there. <laughs> hey, that's one of my go tos. I yeah. used to love me some Popeye's. Oh, I was having And I know right where a Popeye's is. Right here, Man. there's one in Buda now. Oh, I love Popeye's fries. Oh, Popeye's got See, some I might good do that because I've never had Popeye's, I don't believe. Oh, their seasoned fries are fantastic. Got to get some of the fries if you can go to Popeye's. What about the red beans and rice? Are they good? Red bean, it's not my go to, but people like the red beans You've and rice. You've never had and Popeyes? If you go to Popeyes? No. Wow. I'm telling you, I don't ever eat fast food. I really don't. He doesn't. He gets uh, salads when he we go to remotes and we'll go be get another <laughs> wing spot or something, a sports bar, and he'll break out a salad on them. Well, he's yeah, because I'm dude. 50 years old now. This says, uh, you know, Ty, it'll catch up to you. You, eat, it says, doing silent damage. Wait till you're th- in your 30s. You eat crap, it'll turn to crap. <laughs> oh no, it's like smoking menthols. But <laughs> your body will recover if you if you stop it. Like I used to eat, you know, I used to smoke menthols and eat fast food. Uh, but I stopped because, like I said, that's like I, you're basically I've doing damage. Ticking time bomb. So I haven't I haven't eaten fast food probably in uh, other than Chick Fil A like once every two weeks or so. I probably haven't eaten it like religiously. Um, in twelve to fifteen, oh. from twelve to fifteen years, so you have, yeah, you'll have to stop Ty at one point. That's like you got to stop smoking. You can't be smoking cigs, you know, deep into your thirties and forties. You got to stop that. I've weighed the same. I've weighed one hundred ninety pounds since freshman year of high school, pretty much. Just, just you're, yeah, you're only twenty five. Just yeah, wait. That metabolism is, will slow you down. Should, you should see my mom. Your body will revolt. It just she, will. She it hasn't comes. worked out a day in her life, and she is skinny, and she only eats fast food. 
and and drinks is your like, mother? Yeah, and drinks like a case of Diet Dr Pepper every day, and she is <laughs> okay. She looks we'll like she does her, cross, CrossFit every day. I don't know. I don't know. I might, I might have it in my jeans. Who knows? <laughs> it's in the jeans. It might be in the well, jeans. Yeah, go, go ahead and live by that. That's good. Go yeah. ahead and run with that. Okay. No, don't do it. Ty. Take, care, take better care of He's yourself. He's confident. He, the next generation is supposed to be better than the previous one. Take better care of yourself. Oh, look at this. For folks who, who don't live in uh, in Texas, please get Whataburger. See, there you go. Whataburger's oh, legit. Oh, that might be it. Yeah, you says you must get the red beans and rice at um, mm, Popeye's. Popeye's. That Popeye's chicken sandwich is on point, though. He's right about that. Whoever protects that in. That's this a good says, one. Uh, t- Zaxby's salads are good. I'm not getting a salad if I'm going fast food. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> this is National Fast Food Day. Mike McCarthy calls it Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big Mac. Look at you guys. They're coming in too fast. Thank you very much. I am going to do one. I'll tell you. I'll report back. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, well, I'm, I'm want, taking all the suggestions. If you want a chicken sandwich, then Chick-fil-A is probably your best bet for a chicken No, I'm not doing chicken. I'm going all in. I'm going beef. I'm you doing beef? something. I'm you doing something I've never done before. Okay, good for you. And somebody mentioned. The Whataburger patty melt, which I've never done before, that might be good. That might, that's a that's a change of pace. Interesting. I'm, I'm, right now, the leaders are Popeyes you know, on National Fast Food Day, as you suggested, and or the Whataburger patty melt. I can't. I've you've never had a patty before. melt either. This is criminal. No. Yeah, I thought who used to have a good pat. Oh, you know who has a good like random Jack in the Box actually has oh. a a decent like sourdough Jack used to be my go to back in the day. <laughs> Oh, you should love me that sourdough. That was one of my go-to fast food places. They used to have the dollar menu with the two tacos for 99 cents. They still got that, Ty? Two tacos? And yeah. they deep fried the that whole damn taco. They deep fried Yeah. The- yeah. Oh, man. Jack in the Box, Jack in the Crack used to be one of my spots. It's man. like, yeah, yeah, that, that is not meat in those tacos, though. I can tell you that much. I've, well, I've oh, enjoyed them me, a few times <laughs> as well. It's like, be- it looks like yeah, meat, bean paste. Don't. Don't look at it. I will, you cannot I will look confirm, at it. Don't look at the taco. <laughs> I will confirm that I, I used to have Jack in the Box in college. We used to go yeah. one near our apartment. Oh, that. And that would be on the way home at like 2 in the morning. They'd just give you this box of crap. Oh, that's great. And we'd take it home, and there'd be tacos and oh, yeah. wrapped up whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'd oh, just yeah. eat it. Jack in the Box is a great – you're right. It's great late night because our dollar menu used to be one of oh, the best dollar menus out there. That was our go-to. Culver's. Culver's. Budget. Y'all ever had Culver's? Culver's. That's I, not fast food, though. There's no fast – there's no yeah, drive-thru there, there, is there? Yeah. Because somebody made it Taco Deli. Taco Deli doesn't have a drive-thru. No, Culver, no Culver's has a drive-thru. Uh, Brody – what is it? Brody and William Cannon? Yeah, Brody William Cannon. I don't know where yeah. that is. Um, I've never, I've never had Culver's though. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right, let's uh, let's continue to take those. We'll also talk to Jerry Hamilton, bottom of the the hour. But right now, it's Rod's rant, the first of two on this Thursday morning. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. Start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, now yesterday we were talking about C.J. Stroud. Well, maybe it wasn't yesterday. Maybe it was earlier this week. We we're talking about C.J. Stroud and him being in the MVP discussion, which right now he is. And some people think that's ridiculous if, as a rookie if he's in the MVP discussion. And we'll get to some of the numbers in a second after we play this audio. Uh, but the, the, my, my response for those who, think, who oppose him being in the MVP discussion is give me a player that, is, that should be ahead of him in the MVP discussion right now, right now. And, and that's tough to do right now because he's playing so well. Um, and there is no front runner really either. If there was a front runner, then I think it'd be. A, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably gonna 
you know, end up being the front runner. But right now, just in the court of public opinion, there's not a true front runner for MVP. And CJ Stroud is playing really well. He's a lock and a shoe in for rookie of the year. That goes without saying. Uh, but we polled, I believe, during that conversation, I think it was you, E, actually, um, that. Uh, Pose the question, you know, would the would the Carolina Panthers have taken C.J. Stroud, right? Uh, because Frank Rag reportedly liked C.J. Stroud, but the ownership they really liked Bryce Young, and the question was thrown out there: if the Texans were drafted number one overall, who would they have taken? They've taken C.J. Stroud, or they have drafted Bryce Young overall? John McClain, formerly of Cron.com, uh, the general who's pretty plugged in down there uh, in H-Town, um, he has actually uh, a response to that, that, that question, that, that hypothetical, um, because he threw it out there on an interview with the NFL Network. Here's John McClain talking about the Texans and what could have been. Was there really any trepidation about drafting the Ohio State quarterback who, like you said, is the leader right now for the offensive rookie of the year? And he could be in the MVP conversation, yeah. too. But I think, and mm-hmm. they'll never admit this, if they'd had the number one pick, they would have taken Bryce Young, even though there were a lot of people out there who had Stroud rated over Bryce Young. And they didn't hesitate to take him second overall. They never paid any attention to the S2 cognition test. They don't subscribe to it. They only went by what they saw. And D'Amico played a big role in it. He wanted Stroud. The Serials said, all right, let's get him. They got him. Then they traded up with Will Anderson uh, to get him as third overall pick. And they still have picks left from the trade for Watson to Cleveland. So it's not like they're mm-hmm. going to be destitute in the draft. But uh, I think it was Young and then Stroud. All right, there you go. John McClain saying <laughs> the Texans were picking, they would have picked uh, Bryce Young first. And I'll tell you why I do believe that. First of all, John McClain is pretty plugged in. But number two, and I've said this forever about quarterback evaluation uh, and about quarterback acquisition and quarterback development. It's very rare that teams actually know what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. They just don't. A lot of it is just straight up luck. It is, it is the toughest position to predict, to project, and to evaluate, I think, in all of sports. It's actually one of the greatest mysteries in sports. Brock Purdy. <laughs> it's one of the greatest, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, right? It's one of the greatest mysteries in sport. It really is. And the thing, and you know this because think, think about Belichick and, and after they drafted Tom Brady, right? After Tom Brady became a Super Bowl winning quarterback. How many quarterbacks did they draft after that? Tons. I mean, they drafted Rohan Davey after that. Cliff Kingsbury. They drafted Rohan Davey in the fourth round. Cliff Kingsbury in the sixth round. Matt Castle in the seventh round. Uh, Kevin O'Connell in the third round. This is all while, while their Super Bowl winning quarterback is he's on the roster. They drafted Ryan Mallett, Jimmy G, Jacoby Brissett. They kept drafting quarterbacks. Why? Because I know Belichick, people are questioning you know, his coaching greatness now and his legacy. But one thing he did figure out was I lucked up on Tom Brady. We lucked up. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. It, it, he could have got picked by any 31 other teams because they had five other rounds to do it. And we decided, you know what? Let's take a fly on this kid in the sixth round. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. I believe the late, great Bill Walsh said it. All right. Very few people can evaluate the quarterback position and even fewer can develop the quarterback position. 
That's what it makes you a made man when you can do it. That's why, you know, Sean McVay becomes a made man when he can develop a quarterback, right? Uh, if you even, hell, the NFL hired Cliff Kingsbury just because he had a reputation for developing great quarterbacks, even after he failed as a head coach in college, because it makes you a made man, because it's the most valuable <laughs> position, arguably, in sports. It is no question about it. In football, it is the great equalizer. And this is why I go back to the Dallas Cowboys, right? And I've said this. You know, plenty of times, right? The Cowboys have drafted the few tied for the fewest quarterbacks drafted since 1999, and the reason that that is a a an organizational flaw is because the Cowboys haven't figured out this lesson that everybody else seems to have figured out that Philadelphia has figured out. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing at quarterbacks, so keep drafting them. And keep bringing them in because you never know when one's going to hit in your system and work in your system. And we've seen now the resuscitation of quarterback skill sets. Jared Goff had given up on him. He's a bust. And then his skill set resuscitated. We've seen guys like Geno Smith. We've seen these stories now, Tua, where you can't just give up on a quarterback now because if you get a quarterback in the right system with the right play caller, with the right quarterback nurturing, quarterback guru, it can click. And, hell, even just changing the system to what Dak's doing right now. And, my, and, and with the Cowboys, and I've said this before about the Cowboys, the Cowboys are easily the luckiest franchise in the NFL when it comes to quarterback in the last 20-something years. There's no doubt. Think about how many franchises have had an undrafted free agent quarterback become a franchise quarterback in the history of the NFL. It's like three of them, right? It's like Kurt Warner, uh, uh Maybe Warren Moon. You're talking about very special circumstances of an undrafted free agent becoming a franchise quarterback. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the NFL. And the Cowboys, it happened with Tony Romo. Romo was a miracle. He actually was <laughs> a miracle. And, don't, and they didn't learn a lesson from it. And they drafted Dak Prescott. Remember, they wanted Connor Cook and Paxton Lynch. That could have been your quarterbacks. But they lucked. They stumbled upon Dak. Dak was a happy accident. He was like Viagra. They didn't know they were making Viagra. They thought they were making a drug for cardiac health. All right? And they end up stumbling upon the fact that, oh, actually, look what else it does. Let's do it. Let's do that. Let's make that the use of this drug. And let's call it Viagra. Boom. That's Dak. They stumbled upon Dak. He was a happy accident, and he ended up being the starting quarterback for them. Drafted in the fourth round. Remember, he was the third string behind Kellen Moore and behind Romo. And I still don't think the Cowboys – now, they're doing better at drafting quarterbacks, but I still don't think they learned the lesson. And the same lesson that the Texans, I think, have figured out too. Man, we lucked up on this kid. And you're always going to look up on quarterback. Yeah, your evaluation may help you for the most part, but most of this is just – throwing blank at the wall and seeing if it sticks. And they, they're trying their best to make quarterback evaluation a scientific method. That's why they want to know how big are the hands, how tall is he, what's the velo on the throws, so that they can put all these data points in some algorithm and go, all right, he's going to be a great quarterback. Look at all the boxes he checks. And they're always wrong. <laughs> they're always wrong well, because I, it's an inexact science. It's more of an art than a science anyway. Well, and playing the position is kind of an art too. Yes. Uh, I think. Is, <laughs> well, and I would also say that uh, there is, you know, Dave Tepper, the owner of the uh, Carolina Panthers, has confirmed publicly that they had a trade in place that was going to that Houston would have moved up to the one pick. Remember when they traded up for for, for the Bears? Uh, from That's nine cool. to one, mm-hmm. Dave Tepper confirmed that there was a three way deal that involved Houston that would have allowed Carolina to pick two and get the player that they wanted from the Bears and that Houston would move up to one, but Houston soured on the deal late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was that, that, that leads to people saying, well, they were, they were good with Stroud, and they confirmed that Bryce Young was going to Carolina because there is, there is that argument, too, that uh, Houston had a chance, and Dave Tepper, the owner of the, uh, the, the Panthers, has confirmed that, and Houston backed out of it, that out Houston could have gotten to one if they wanted mm-hmm. to. 
when that trade was going down. Houston backed out, and and the, 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 the not the obvious, but at least an argument you could make is that they were happy with Stroud, and once they learned that, that Bryce Young was going to Carolina, they were happy to stay at two, and that's when they got on the phone and got a deal with, with Arizona to say, hey, uh, let, you know, if, if, if you guys are on the clock at three, we want to come back up to get Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to come out of this draft with our quarterback, which we're, we're, we're going to settle on Stroud. He's our guy, and then we're going to get – we need – because D'Amico wants his foundational defensive player, too, with this draft. And he got him. And they end up getting both. Now yep. – and by the way, the Cleveland Browns news with Deshaun Watson – no, how many? Because Houston owns Cleveland's pick, right? Because mm-hmm. when they traded, because that's Nick Casario's now being talked about as executive of the year for drafting and making these moves and having Houston in playoff contention, and for getting out from under the Deshaun Watson trade. Yep. Which, you know, now is that guaranteed contract? Now he's hurt. He's out for the year with the shoulder, and Houston got three first-round picks out of that deal and didn't have to deal with the headache of Deshaun Watson anymore. And now they've landed with their starting quarterback of the future. Yeah, that's 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 smart. I mean, Casario's been under a lot of fire for the Lovey Smith uh, situation, everything that went on. Yeah, he deserved the, that. But in the yeah. end, you know, if you lucked into him, you lucked into him, and you're you you're it. you're a made man now. Yep. Uh, by the way, you mentioned made men. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions, is becoming one made because of what status. he's done with. Jared Jared Goff. Goff, Exactly. Jared Goff was seen as a bridge quarterback who was just there until they could find the next guy, and now he's playing as good as any quarterback in the NFC. All right, we'll come back. When we do, Jerry Hamilton talking Trey Johnson, the Lawhorn commit from yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show. Uh, Highest rated commit, highest best offensive player to commit to the Longhorns, arguably since Kevin Durant. We'll talk to Jerry about what the impact can be. Also, his thoughts on the football matchup this weekend, football recruiting as well. That's coming back on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Food suggestions are coming in. It says uh, if you go patty melt, go Freddy's frozen custard. Ooh, okay. It's rye bread, by definition, makes it a patty melt. The uh, Whataburger on Texas toast is pretty good, but not a patty melt, by definition. Thank you very much. It's National Fast Food Day, so I'm going to eat some fast food today, which I never do. Got a busy day, but I'm going to find a way. Mm -hmm. Steal me some fast food. I almost always eat, uh, eat. I make my own lunch, Rod. Make my own lunch mostly. Sandwich or something. Or yeah. Something. Because you're, you're a healthy guy. Well. And you're I, healthy night. And I'm not, it's just, you know. You're trying to get your greens in and salads in all the time. Uh, okay. I respect that. Uh, this is so we're talking quarterbacks and C.J. Stroud. Uh, we'll take your thoughts. This is time to stop ripping Lovey for winning that last game. Look, we'll never know what Houston would have done with the first pick. I will say that the the owner of the Carolina Panthers did confirm that Houston could have had the first pick had they wanted to pull it off. Instead, they they backed out of the deal, happy to stay at two, and then moved to get number three, as we said. So hey, that story. Who cares? You got your quarterback. Yeah. I still think it was. Uh, organizational malfeasance not to lose that last game because you've been tanking for two years. Yeah. And you no still doubt. couldn't pull that off. No, I agree way. with you. Yeah, no, but you're right. It's no harm, no foul kind of thing now. Now that you is. got C.J. Stroud's like, ah, no harm, no foul. No but, fu- yeah, you, you definitely – come on, man. You messed up the tank. You messed up you, the tank. Yeah, you right. Come on, you messed but up you know the what? tank. Good now. times they are coming. Cowboys, too, by the way. You said who's going to win the MVP if it's not C.J. Stroud. It might be Dak. Uh, you know certainly Jerry's I might do that tomorrow. I might make the case for Dak and make the case for CJ. Make the case for both of the Texas QBs. These eyes have seen Dak the last three weeks coming out of their bye. Mm-hmm. He's been as good as I've ever seen him play. Uh, he loves this offense. He's engaged in it. And uh, his performances against the Rams, the Eagles, even in a loss, and then 
this past week have been as sharp as he's been. Yep. Hey, let's go to the, uh, the Vaqueros hotline, one of our favorite people to talk to. He's the senior recruiting analyst and uh, writer over there at Inside Texas on 3 Sports, that great YouTube channel uh, on Texas football. He's always on there as well. He's our friend Jerry Hamilton. G, how are you, bud? Welcome to uh, Hook Him Up. Hey, Jerry. I'm great, man. How are you guys? Good, good man. Uh, hey, you, uh, you, you know, we were on. Uh, you, you teased us this week that uh, keep an eye on this Trey Johnson, uh, number one recruit at the, as far as a guard in the country, number four overall. Uh, you felt pretty good about Texas's chances with Rodney Terry to close the deal, and yesterday it uh, it came to fruition on the Pat McAfee show. How big of it? How big of a get is this for Texas? Uh, I think it's huge. I mean, and I may be understating it just because. Look, I mean, it's the highest-ranked guard. If you go by your composites or your your industry rankings in the recruiting process uh, and the recruiting services, he ties Avery Bradley as the highest-ranked guard uh, to commit sign with Texas. I mean, uh, he he's ranked that high. He's ranked four overall in the country. He was once the number one prospect in this class before you know Cooper Flag uh, reclassified and, and a couple things like that. But I mean, look, there's just not. There aren't many guys that are wired. Rodney Terry said it perfectly last night. Wired to score uh, at six six with physicality, hoops IQ. His dad's been a, a longtime coach. Actually played at Baylor under Rodney Terry. That's how long they've been uh, along that relationship's been with Rodney and uh, uh, Trey Johnson's father and that family. But he, this kid is wired to score the basketball. But he's also a winner. He's a tough kid. He's a competitive kid. I saw him as a young player play against a Richardson High team that Case and Wallace, obviously in the NBA now, one of the best defensive guards you'll see in high school basketball. And they and they also have another guard who's at Alabama who has a chance to play. Uh, a Rylan Griffin has a chance to play for money one day. And uh, I, I mean, Trey never backed down. I mean, he went at them, and that's the type of player he is. And he led Lake Highlands to a state championship last year. So to go with everything you see on a YouTube channel watching him play, he checks all the boxes off the court. And from a leadership standpoint, from a toughness standpoint, the guy lives in the gym. He has everything you want. Uh, And he's also from Dallas, guys. I mean, even though he's playing at Link Prep as a senior, you're talking about the number one player in Texas before he moved out of Texas. Then Nick Cody, who they signed uh, uh, earlier, last week is now the number one ranked player in Texas, also from that Dallas area. Uh, so it, it's a tremendous recruiting class, right? Four or five, uh, you know, and I don't think they're done. I think they'll add a fourth piece to this class probably late. Uh, but Cam Scott, 6'5 guard. Trey Johnson, 6'5 and a half guard. Nick Cody, 6'8 and a half uh, power forward with skill. I mean, they're adding tall, long guys uh, uh to this roster and uh Rodney's built he's building this roster the right way hey Jerry is there any uh trepidation that uh, Trey Johnson may explore the G League instead like uh Ronald Holland you know I think you're you always have to just kind of wait and see on that I think right now that is not where they're headed right uh, but a lot of this stuff happens more so he's playing in the National High School League, right? If he goes out and tears that up this year, and they play, I think, their first game earlier this week, or actually it was last week. Um, but, you know, if he goes out and averages 18, 19, 20 a game, people are going to start wondering, right, in that league, uh, which he could do. But I, I think I think right now he's definitely headed to college. I think there's the one thing about Trey to know is, he, you know, when he went on his official visit to Texas in August, 
he he went over to the football facility. He spent 30 minutes with uh, with Steve Sarkeesian. I posted a photo of him and Arch Manning at the time on on Twitter. Uh, but this guy is he's a college minded kid, and he may he'll only be there a year, but he at least wants that experience. Like I think with some other guys. They weren't sure if they wanted that experience. Trey actually really wants that experience. I think he likes the idea of being a college player for a year um, because I don't think he's in maybe sees himself and mentality is in such a rush to try to get the pro basketball. I think he'll only be in college a year, but I do think he'll end up at Texas for a year. A huge get for Texas. Longhorns did beat Rice last night. Uh, what have you seen from the early results? I mean, they're three and zero. They haven't really played anybody. Uh, a lot of turnovers last night. Dylan Mitchell had five, and Max Ace was yeah. at four. They got to be better with the basketball. But uh, you're, you're kind of seeing the formation of what this roster is going to be. And don't forget, they're going to add Dylan DeSue to this roster coming up in December before conference play. What have you liked about the, the early results, and what are you concerned about? I think uh, they shoot the ball just as expected from three. I mean, they're a tremendous three-point shooting basketball team. Now, I think they're going to have to play three guards to maximize that. So it's kind of a – they're in a bit of a pickle at times right now. It's how do you fit that defensively and be the team you want to be while also keeping your floor spacing and your offensive perimeter threats out there um, in numbers? I think that I think that is kind of what they're – the tricky thing for them right now they got to get better with the basketball though and I think Rodney said that again last night I mean it's it's one thing if teams are forcing you into turnovers with high-end pressure defense and maybe situational defense but that's not the case here it's a bunch of it's a bunch of unforced turnovers you know Texas had 16 turnovers last night I would think 13 14 were unforced in reality but considering the competition they're playing they have to clean that up you want to be around 10 11 12 turnovers you don't want to be giving away four five six possessions per game especially when talent becomes neutralized if you do that you're going to put yourself uh behind the eight ball in, in those games so i think that is the caden shedder looks really good considering he's playing his way back in the shape but he's bringing them something an interior presence uh that i even a christian bishop couldn't bring them last year because he can score in the paint. He'll make free throws. He actually has an offensive game with his back to the basket. Bishop was more of a slasher. Um, so I think uh, that, that Caden Shedrick's bringing them a lot. I think Dylan Mitchell continuing to kind of play to his strengths, I think, is going to be key for Texas this year. I think the more he puts the ball on the floor and the more he tries to create, the more negative plays he's going to produce against really good competition. So I think playing within himself, Playing to what he is now, not what he wants to be in four years, is going to be key for this team. Hey, Jerry, can I jump to some uh, some foot recruiting and ask you about yeah. uh, any other dominoes left to, uh, to to fall in this 2024 class? Yeah, I mean, look, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where Texas goes. I think defensive back is a huge need uh, still. I mean, the Wardell Mack flip from Florida to Texas was big. I mean, right, he's a versatile guy, can play corner. Uh, you could see him playing nickel or safety. I mean, he was recruited across the board at all those positions by colleges. He'll start his career at corner at Texas. So you have Kobe Black out of Waco Connolly, uh, who's a Texas lean. That's continued to be the case for months now. Then you have what Texas is looking at at safety. Xavier Phil Same committed to Florida, the five-star McKinney High. Texas remains in contact with him. The interesting thing you're running into in recruiting right now um, is teams that are in the playoffs. So, you know, like for Xavier Phil saying the Florida commitment, he's scheduled to be at the Florida-Florida State game in two weeks. Well, 
if McKinney beats Highland Park this weekend, Friday, uh, then he won't be in Gainesville that following week. So it's kind of a battle here to get kids on campus at the end. If you're Texas, you want to get Phil Same and his father on campus at the same time. And I think I think there's a chance that happens. So we'll see if Texas can fill a safety need uh, at the high school level here because he is a big-time guy, Rod. I mean, I had you watching. And then uh, the defensive line, they like to add a fourth. You know, they're still talking to T.J. Lindsey committed to Auburn. Uh, we'll see what happens. Auburn Auburn feels a lot of pressure to keep these guys in that class. They've turned the corner a little bit on the field. I don't care if they played a week schedule or not, and they've won games. Uh, they're looking at a 7-5 and five season. It didn't look pretty for Auburn at the beginning of the season. Uh, so they would like to add another D lineman. There's a couple of guys. Alex Foster committed to Baylor out of Greenville, Mississippi. They're looking at. Uh, and then linebacker is very interesting because Texas's approach at linebacker this year is, you know, it had a great linebacker class last year. If they stay on those top targets, if you flip a top guy, there's two guys really. It's Ty Anthony Smith committed to Texas A&M from Jasper High, and it's Justin Williams committed to Georgia at Oak Ridge. Ty Anthony Smith is expected to officially visit Texas. Again, they're in the playoffs, so they play Kobe Black and Waco Connolly Friday. So when these teams – uh, conclude their season is going to be uh, the key in getting them on campus. So with a kid like Ty Anthony Smith, if Jasper were to win this week, well, you know, then he, he wouldn't come in for an official visit Texas Tech weekend, right? Because they'll, they'll be playing either that Friday or Saturday. So it, it's kind of just a, a waiting game in a way. Uh, but Texas, is they're getting good feedback from Ty Anthony Smith, especially if Texas A&M takes a long time and really goes through a search firm process and this coaching search, I think that really benefits Texas with Ty Anthony Smith. Justin Williams with Georgia, look, I mean, the only way that would happen is if mom put her foot down at the end of the day and said, you know, it's just better to stay close to home. But Sark and Jeff Cho, they stay, they remain in contact in case that happens. Uh, Texas is uh, still kicking the tires on a couple offensive tackles, looking at Ori Williams committed to LSU at San Marcos, and Jacob Ponton uh, committed to Texas Tech at Dripping Springs. Both those guys have really high ceiling. It's just going to be interesting to see if Texas makes a push there on the offensive line. That's why he's the best, Jerry Hamilton, the senior national recruiting analyst. Uh, one other thing, Jerry, two other things, a two-part question. L- uh, A&M, who do you think they should hire? Uh, or, let me say it this way. Uh, who would really concern you as a Texas, uh, somebody who covers Texas and a Texas fan, if they did hire, and who do you think they'll hire down at Texas A&M? Any guesses? Yeah, I think the two guys for me that I, I think from the national perspective, I really like Dan Lanning, right? Um, I, I just think he, I think there's a – I think he'll end up in the SEC one day. I just don't know where and when. I, I think he has got a really good plan. You know, I think he's done a good job hiring a staff. I kind of li- I like what he's building and built at Oregon and the way they play um, with enough of, uh, as, as Sark and Kyle Flood say, enough large humans, but then they have a lot of speed uh, around it. I, I kind of like what they've done there. Um, if you're looking for a guy um, that I think would do very well, that would be uh, – people may not jump up and down about the hire – from because because you know everybody wants splash hires sometimes instead of the correct hire. I think Jeff Trailer would do a tremendous job at Texas A&M. Uh, he's at UTSA. He's one of the most popular Texas high school coaches I've ever been around. Um, but I think the key for these jobs is: do you know who to hire when you get the job? And I think that guy absolutely would know who to hire on his staff. 
Um, and I think he understands the landscape here, um, whether it was at Texas, whether it was Arkansas, whether it was the head coach at Gilmer. He's been in all these Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, LSU recruiting battles and around them for years and years and years. So he has a real understanding of this state. And he'd be a popular hire with Texas high school coaches. That may not be quite as impactful as it was 15 years ago, but for people to think it's not impactful at all anymore, I, I would push back against that. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, good stuff. And to find a follow at Inside Texas, of course, and on the uh, on Texas Football Channel of Inside Texas on YouTube. Always good stuff. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Basketball, football, and uh, a little Longhorn conversation this morning. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jerry. All right, there's Jerry. Yeah, always, uh, you know, when we're, when, if you're not going or going to a watch party or going to Ames, Iowa, when you do the watch, you know, I host the watch along on Inside Texas, Rod. Mm-hmm. You're a big part of that. Jerry's a big part of that. It's always such a good time. It's a good way to watch the game. You put the game on your TV and then you set up your computer or something else to watch the YouTube channel. And uh, myself and you and Jerry talking through the game as yep. it's happening. And Jerry's always dropping little great recruiting nuggets about, oh, that kid's from here, this kid's from there. Uh, you really learn a lot about uh, the Longhorns, the opponent, He's and the, the game best. of football. He's the best in the biz, man. Yeah, and he says Trey Johnson wants to come to college. And now you said it's not out of the question that he could go straight to the G League, Rod, uh, much like Ron Holland did, but at the same time uh, does have more of a college feel to him. Plus <clears throat> the relationship with Rodney Terry is pretty deep, goes back a long way with he and his family. It's good news. So Trey Johnson, what would you call him? Trey J. Trey J. I like it. That's nah, good. That, uh, you're you're always good at naming people, Rod. I'm sure he hates that nickname, but I, I, I like to nickname people. Me and, me and W, George W., maybe he's famous for that. So yeah. W would give everybody a nickname when he met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always got to have a nickname. Yeah, that nickname. Trey J. Help, helps you remember the, the person. Uh, Trey J. There you go. Coming back, we'll go bullish or BS. Some uh, big topics out there. We're bullish on, including the game tonight. It's a heck of a game to start your NFL weekend, week 11, Bengals-Ravens. Who are we bullish on? We'll tell you next on Hook'em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. This is the Bullish for BS time and uh, really bullish on this game tonight. Bengals and Ravens from Ball B Moore. Oh, yeah. A uh, lot of lot to like about this game. AFC North battle, kind of a must win for the Bengals. You gave the stat, Rod, that the uh, t- the Bengals are, what, 1-24 in, in their last 25 primetime games? Uh, yeah, I'll find the stat for you. It's, uh, yeah, they're Crazy. basically terrible in night primetime games. Straight up, like really bad in night primetime games. But uh, in their last uh, 24 road games, they're tw- they're 18-6 and six against the spread on the road. This one probably goes under tonight, Rod, but are you feeling Ravens? Because the Ravens have, uh, as we've talked about, they've, they've had the lead in the fourth quarter of all 10 of their games, and they're just 7-3 and because they've blown three of those uh, yeah. where they coughed up that lead. Uh, Lamar Jackson's made some mistakes, but in the end, um, they're, they're the more dominant team, both sides of the ball. This should be an absolute you know, AFC North war that we see. This really physical, two good quarterbacks. This will be a fun game tonight. Well, and there's so much on the line for both these teams, right? They've both taken early, like a lot of early losses in the division because of the Bengals and their slow start, but also the Ravens. Because they had those uh, that play, uh, sorry, they, that that collapse versus the Browns when they were up double digits. Should have beat the Steelers if they dropped like I don't know seven, eight passes and two touchdowns in that game. Uh, so yeah, I think it'll be a desperation factor. Going to be really high for both these teams in this matchup. Uh, here's that: the Bengals are one in twenty-three straight up on the road in night games over the last twenty-five years, and they're currently on a thirteen-game straight up losing streak. In that situation, that's on the road in night games. 
This would be huge for Baltimore because, yeah. remember, they've already beaten mm. them this year, right? When Joe Burrow was not healthy, they beat yeah. them in Cincinnati 27-24. Uh, but the Bengals have won two of the last three matchups. So should be a heck of a game because you're right. I mean, Thursday night game, sometimes it's you know, just trying to survive. These are, this is huge. Hugely important for the AFC big picture for Baltimore. Agreed. But also for the AFC North because, uh, you know, if the Bengals were to lose this tonight, they'd fall to five and five. They got no shot to win that division. Then you can't win the division. Yeah, you can't win it. And Baltimore would have beaten you twice and be sitting at eight and three. So, huge game. This is, and two, you know, competitors at quarterback and Lamar and Joe Burrow looking forward to this tonight on Amazon Prime uh, Game of the Week. uh, One of the games of the week. Between this game and then Monday night when, you know, it's the rematch of the Super Bowl. Now, that's going to be good. When the Chiefs host the Eagles going to be breaking that one down like a playoff game, actually. <laughs> Come on. Uh, it's uh, a Super Bowl rematch, yeah, on man. on Monday. That's going to be a really good one. And it is a stat, too, about the Ravens. It goes to show you how good the Ravens have been, yet how, I uh, don't know, just how unreliable they've been in clutch time when the game's on the line. So <clears throat> if you look at time trailing, all right, this is time where you're at, at a deficit, right? Time uh, losing, actual game time. The Ravens have only been – Losing, all right, in 28 minutes and 46 seconds of game time this entire season. Through the first 10 games of the season, they've only trailed for 28 minutes and 46 seconds. And they're 7-3. and three. In the last 40 years, if you look at teams who have spent the least time trailing in a game through the first 10 games, 84 Dolphins were at 14 minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, time trailing through the first 10 games. They were 10-0. Dan Marino. Yep, they were 10-0. 98 Denver Broncos. 27 minutes uh, spent trailing through the first 10 games, 10-0. and 0. All right, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, they're next. They're third. The third uh, least amount of time, game time, spent trailing through the first 10 games in the last 40 seasons, and they're 7-3. and three. 90 New York Giants behind them at 43 minutes spent trailing through the first 10 games of the season, 10-0. and 0. And the New England Patriots of 07, of course, spent uh, 51 minutes trailing, but we all know they were undefeated until they had took their only loss. So the Ravens should be 10-0 if you're looking at all the teams who've been as dominant as they've been. But that last, that 28 minutes and 46 seconds, that's been mostly clutch time, and they have not been clutch. Yeah, it, it is frustrating for Ravens fans. Kind of reminds you of the Longhorns sometimes uh, of what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, think about those teams. You're talking about the 90 Giants. That's Bill Parcells. I mean, that's one of those dominant Giants teams. 84 Dolphins with Dan Marino. Uh, the, the 07 Patriots that were undefeated. 98 Broncos. 98 Broncos. Mike Shanahan. Yeah, right? I mean, that was, that was our buddy Dan Neal. That was John yeah, Elway, yeah, Terrell man. Davis. Yeah. You know, that team was, you know, they went back-to-back winning Super Bowls, and they thought they were going undefeated that year. So so three of these teams, did 84 Dolphins go to the Super Bowl? Uh, I think they went. So basically all these teams have gone to the Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, interesting, too. Pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I think you're it's right, because definitely 07 at, Patriots As you're running did. through the dates, I'm remembering 90 these teams. Giants did. Yeah, they did. Um, you're right about the 98 Broncos did. So, I, oh, But all those teams were 10-0. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so they found ways to close. So that's that where the Ravens true. are. Uh, so the, the, the bullish is, man, they're really, really good. But they, they, mm. they find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. And think of their losses to the Steelers, to the Browns, who, you know, the Browns are a good team. But now without but Deshaun they had, Watson. They were up double digits. Yeah, 24-9. They had no business letting them back And they the lost game. to Indianapolis, Rod, at home. Yeah, I don't know how the hell that happened. Let that game get away. That was when yeah. Anthony Richardson was still healthy, I right. believe. They can't be trusted. It's weird. They're good, but they can't be trusted. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Well, and of and course. Right, they lost the Super Bowl. 84 Dolphins lost the Super Bowl. They were 14-2. and two. Yeah. I mean, this is a dominant team. Bengals, we, you know, they had been on a four-game win streak, and then they lost to Houston. C.J. Stroud came in and shredded them with all those big plays. So uh, we'll see where 
where this one goes. Uh, and the other problem for the Bengals is the injury bug has bitten. No T. Higgins tonight. He's got a hamstring. Ooh, he's their big. receiver opposite Jamar Chase. That's big. And they're, you know, in that game, it was a weird play. Uh, they're a great defensive end. Um, oh, Trey Hendricks. Trey Hendricks got hurt. Yes. I saw, it, oh, like the last, it was like one of the last It was on the game-winning game. drive. Yeah. Like Noah Brown had that big play where he that. went for big yardage to help set up the field goal that yeah. they won the game with. And someone pulled him off the pile and kind of threw him down. Yeah, it was weird. They were trying to clean up the because because you know, he was trying to get up and go fast. And someone pushed him. It was it was not a personal foul, but he fell right into Trey Hendrickson's leg, who was just standing there. Yeah, and like he way was, after and the play, he was on the ground, like yeah. in agony. Like and he, it like rolled his knee a little yeah. bit. So keep an eye on that. So this is a fun game tonight. Obviously, it starts the football weekend, which we will continue to preview. We'll take your thoughts, bullish or BS, on the Ravens or Bengals tonight. You're you're you were uh, you picked the Ravens to win the division, so I'll give you credit on that. I picked Cincinnati. Um, I thought I thought the Ravens and Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson would be in like the MVP conversation because they would be really good. Um, but this may determine who's going to end up having a chance to win that division. Right yeah, now. yeah. This and, is it. Uh, and it's for playoff positioning and yeah. home field advantage and those kind of things in the AFC along with Kansas City. Jeff and Bezos the was like, "Thank you, finally, I got a good game." Oh yeah. <laughs> Appointment viewing tonight on this uh, National Fast Food Day. Appreciate everybody telling me where to be bullish if I'm going to actually eat some fast food today. A lot of great suggestions on that. That patty melt's starting to sound really good, right? Ooh, it does sound good. Man, man. Popeyes. I've never been to Popeyes. Maybe we'll do Popeyes. Ooh, you're making me hungry, man. Come on. All right, we'll come back. Damn, I'm talking about Uh, fast We will pick it up. Everything in moderation, folks. We've got our headlines. We've got Rod uh, behind the burnt orange curtain talking Texas, Iowa State, and uh, the Longhorn basketball team with a tremendous day and night last night, a win and a huge recruiting win. Details coming on. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.